This is the Dancepreneuring Studio podcast session number 159. Five things to help you navigate the seasons of your life. Hello there and welcome to session number 159 of the Dancepreneuring Studio podcast. I'm Annette Bone and the Dancepreneuring Studio is the place where dance inspires life and business. I get the joy and the privilege of sharing my journey back into the dance world after a super long hiatus, the lessons I've learned, the transformation I've experienced, and the wonderful artists I've met along the way who also share their stories, their ideas, strategies, and tactics to help move your life and your business forward. So before we get into today's session, I want to invite you to join me live on Facebook on Monday, April 2nd, 8 a.m. Pacific. 9 a.m. Central, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, as I talk about some questions I got in my private Facebook group, the Dancepreneuring Collective. If you, if you want to join us there, please send me a direct message. I will add you and I would love to have you and get to know you better. So Facebook Live on Monday. I hope to see you there. In our session coming up today, in our Step to, Su- step to Success segment, <laughs> Winning by Writing, in our Dancers Dialect segment, three-way splits in our freestyle flow segment, making sense of sense and in our feature presentation, five things to help you navigate the seasons of your life. Thank you so much for joining me. Some people sing in the rain, others dance in the rain. I say, why wait for the rain to dance? I'm Alex Suspides from the Project Book Podcast, and you're listening to the Dancepreneuring Studio with my good friend, Annette Bone. It's profitable to be skillful and wise. Welcome to this week's Step to Success. A step to your success is anything that moves your life and your business forward. Whether it's an app, a book, or an idea, you can apply something today that will help you succeed. Today's step to success is something I would encourage you implement on a daily basis, something that doesn't have to take a long time and something that you're going to find will really help not only your mental attitude, but you will see all the kinds of all the cool things that will happen in your life as you focus on all that is good. And granted, we don't all have good days, but it's amazing when I look back at how long I've been doing this and seeing the correlation of, wow, there are so many things that I'm thankful for and and it's so much more obvious to me. It's been such a huge benefit. And this process, this step is called journaling. Nothing new, nothing that's that hasn't been talked about before, but I am amazed that even just the little that I journal because my journaling process is very specific. And it's just a set of questions based on Tim Ferriss's recommendation in his books. And then also, uh, there is a resource in Amazon, you can actually order it. And I'll just link it in the show notes at annettebone.com forward slash 159. And it's called the five minute journal. And so I base my questions, I do a hybrid of it. And it's been incredibly helpful. And I get so excited writing the things down. And even when my days are not so ideal, it really, really helps. So I will link those resources in the show notes. But I think you'll find that as you document the things that you are thankful for, and the things that happen in your life, you're going to see a really cool correlation with uh, good things happening and how things are interwoven and why things work out the way they do. Not everything makes sense, of course, and it never will. But I think you're going to find the huge benefits of journaling. 
And now, Life and Business Connect with the Dancer's Dialect. The Dancer's Dialect is the dancer's language. I share dance terminology and concepts across different genres so you can see the correlations in your life and in your business. Today's word, today's exercise I want to talk about is splits. Now, there are three different types of splits that I'm going to talk about. The front splits going with your right leg and with your left leg. So that's two different ones because you're using the opposite legs. And then there is the middle splits, which I am still working on. I'm almost there. I've been working on it. And actually, even when I was younger, I couldn't do them. (laughs) I I don't think I was even close. So for me to be in my 40s and to be really close to them, I am really excited about it. So anyway, I was thinking about the splits because after yoga class and if if I can in dance class because I don't work on it a lot, which is strange because it would be more for dance anyway in terms of choreography, but I end up working on them more after a yoga class. It's probably because I'm really warm from the heat and everything. So I just take a few minutes and I do my front splits my with my right leg and with my left leg and then I work on the middle splits and there's different things that I've been incorporating in terms of breathing and just adjusting and finding where it is I'm tight and that kind of thing. And it's been a process and a process that I'm enjoying and loving because I I feel the progress and feel not only because of the aesthetic of it, but just internally what kind of muscles I can engage new new ways of feeling things. And that's what I love about dance and about yoga, about movement in general, it doesn't have to be dance or yoga, but just moving your body. So when I was thinking about these three different types of splits, I was thinking about opinions and directions <laughs> and people communicating because obviously you do right splits, your right foot, it's very specific. Your right leg is straight ahead, your left leg is straight back. There are different schools of thought on flexing your feet and pointing your feet with both legs. So if you go right, that's one way. If you go left, that's very specific another way. And then when you do the middle splits, it made me think about meeting in the middle, like having a middle ground in terms of communication and that sometimes you have to meet in the middle. You, I don't want to say compromise because it's not really compromising. I think it's more of finding what's mutually beneficial for the two parties or multiple parties involved in a situation, whether it's a relationship or a business transaction, but finding that middle ground where both parties, multiple parties benefit mutually, I think is a great thing. And so I'm thinking about this as I'm doing my splits and thinking about, okay, it's it can be one way, it can be another way, or it can be in the middle where things are mutually beneficial. So <laughs> who would have thought middle splits helps me think of life and business. And it it's just kind of worked out that way with all these things I talk about in dance and business. But middle splits coming to the middle where things can be mutually beneficial for all parties involved. And now anything goes with freestyle flow. What's on your mind today, Annette? Making sense of sense. Making S-E-N-S-E of S-C-E-N-T-S. I had to think about the spelling there, (laughs) but I do know what I'm going to be talking about. So isn't it interesting how certain smells, certain things that come through your olfactory senses bring memories, bring thoughts and give you different feelings? I was thinking about this in a conversation I had recently with my good friend, Nick Goblish of the Dependent Independent Podcast. And we were, I don't know how we got talking about this, but (laughs) I think we were talking about well, scratch and sniff stickers. I had brought up how much back in the day when I was younger, how much I loved 
scratch and sniff stickers. So that's dating me a little bit. That's from the 80s, I think. And so in school, we would get these stickers that smelled like whether they they smelled like fruits or like pizza. And I remember one smelling like dill pickles and <laughs> I collected them and had books. And oh my gosh, I would really have those right now, actually, too. That's kind of geeky, right? But we were talking about scents. And then also, I really loved and I actually have a set, I just haven't used it a lot of the scented markers. I love scented markers. I I had those back and even in kindergarten when they were like these big thick markers. And I bet you at that time, they were pretty toxic to get that smell going. They might be now, I don't know, but I haven't really looked at them. So the feelings and the memories that scents can evoke. And uh, one of them too is a, a scent that comes to mind is this cleaner. I don't know if it's simple green or something else that I smell actually quite in a lot of garages in the LA area. If I park in a garage, that's if, if it's being cleaned up, hopefully it's being cleaned up. I smell this certain scent. And it reminds me of when I first started training with my dance trainer, David Bagley, who is on episode 100 and some other episodes on my show, which I'll link in the show notes. But when I first started training with him, we used to use a studio in downtown LA, and we'd have to park at the garage. So every time I <laughs> it's this routine, I go go park my car and I would smell that and meet him at the studio. And, and uh, it brought um, it always brings these memories of training because that's it was there it was prevalent all the time. So I'm, I hope that you have sense and memories and things that evoke good memories as opposed to bad memories when uh, you come across things and different triggers, obviously, you can't control. But <laughs> I thought it was a fun conversation that Nick and I had about the, the, scratch, the scratch and sniff stickers and the markers. And then there's certain scents that I always smell that remind me of either training or something else. And oh, speaking of scents that I love, oh my goodness, I am really obsessed with tea tree oil. I know that's not the most pleasant scent to some people. But oh, I love tea tree oil. I love essential oils, period. But tea tree oil, for some reason, it's, it's very intoxicating to me. And I think it's also the the whole cleanly smell because it's also used in different soaps and yoga sprays and that kind of thing. So sense making sense of sense. Now that you're warmed up, get ready to go full out with our feature presentation. What a treat to watch Once in a Whale performed by Heidi Duckler Dance Theater a few weeks ago at the Pacific Design Center in West Hollywood, California. I love performance art. I love dance. I love lots of different types of art. And this was no different. This production took place in a design center and took us on a journey throughout, was interactive and based on the the growing concern of what's happening globally in terms of the environment. And they did this by going through the different seasons of the year, fall, winter, spring, and summer, then coming all together. There were five dancers, and they were all beautiful. I loved every minute of it. I loved going through the Pacific Design Center. Once I pulled up there, I thought, oh my gosh, I'm so glad I'm here. There's so much to look at, and so much new to experience. And even before the show started, I was able to look around and see the different displays of textiles and different showroom type things and and not in a like I don't go to furniture stores, but and I'm not quite into that kind of setup thing. But 
this was a little bit different. I think it's because I knew what I was going to be expecting and what, what I was going to be there for. And I would actually go back to take a tour and see that in the daytime and see more of it. it it's an amazing place. So Heidi Duckler Dance Theater is known for in the, they're, well, they're known worldwide, but they take their venues and use them to their capacity. So they've done performances that incorporate water and uh, the environment and, and outdoors and nature and that kind of thing. And so take a look at their site. I'll link it in the show notes at AnnetteBone.com forward slash 159. And you can see all the amazing work that they've done for many, many years, incorporating environment and dance and performance and art and props and all kinds of cool stuff. Anyway, I highly recommend if you get a chance to see them to go see their work. So we went on this journey of the seasons. And it was interesting because, of course, I love the whole aesthetic of it. I love the live musicians. I loved uh, the whole interactiveness of it kept me very engaged. But it did something for me ex- internally. I was obviously focused on the external when I was there. But then as I was thinking about it, too, it did something for me internally and got me thinking about the seasons of your life and the seasons that I've been through. And I hope in sharing these five things that these will help you navigate the different seasons of your life. And I've learned that more than anything, that just because someone is in one season doesn't necessarily mean that that you're supposed to be in that season and that seasons look different for different people, even if the majority might be experiencing the same thing, if that makes sense. So these five things are number one, as I was talking about leading to this, be aware of the season you're in, and it doesn't have to be the same season as someone else. For example, when someone has a baby, (laughs) when someone is pregnant, I mean, oh my gosh, things change. I, you know, when, when I was pregnant, it was, it was, I had a pretty good pregnancy, but uh, toward the end, I had to go on bed rest. And that's when I actually quit my job because I had to be on bed rest. So I quit my, uh, my regular nine to five job a month before my son was born. And, uh, (laughs) and I didn't expect that to happen. But um, so that was a season I was in. And then uh, my good friend Felicia Jones with uh, from a keep up with Mrs. Jones, you have to check her out. She's awesome. She started her season in terms of goal setting in March, she didn't start in January, she started and you know how there's a lot of talk about oh New Year, New Year's resolutions, and you got to get your goals going and stuff. Well, she buck the system. And she thought, you know what, I'm taking January to February to prep and prepare in my fiscal year, my goals, my planning starts in March. And that's what she did. And I totally respect that because she found what works for her and what will get her going for. I mean, she's a go getter anyway, as it is. But I love that she talked about that. So again, you don't have to be in the same season as someone else. And you don't have to plan like somebody else, you got to do what works for you. So be aware of that. It's all about awareness and observation. That's what I'm learning in a lot of different things these days. Number two, identify what is supporting you and what is hindering you and do your best to clear what needs to be cleared and to adjust. One of the things I love in one of my yoga classes is that there's this emphasis on clearing blockages in terms of whether it's energy or whether it's something in the mobility of joints, so that you're using muscles more effectively as opposed as opposed to using your joints and tendons and wearing those out. It's all about injury prevention as well, which I totally appreciate. But clearing space, clearing blockages so that you can make room for the good stuff. And I love that. So in terms of the season that you're in, 
obviously the awareness, the observation of it, but are there things that are hindering you in prog- in progressing with what you want to progress with? Is Are there things that are helping you? Be aware of that. Be mindful. That's the thing. Intentional, mindful. I love those words. So you need to identify those things. And in the performance, in the Heidi Duckler Dance Theater performance of Once in a Whale, there were props used. And I felt on both of on throughout the seasons that the props were not hindrances. Actually, I, I love the props. I they I think they added so much to each of the different sections of the seasons. And I really enjoyed it. So when I look at it from that perspective, they were helpful. They weren't hindrances. And I don't think they were hindrances to the dancers. Otherwise, <laughs> they wouldn't use them. So I love that. I love that you you have the ability to step back and identify what it is that is helping you and what it is that is hindering you. Number three, put things in your calendar, no matter what season it is, <laughs> no matter what you're doing. For me, if it's not in my calendar or on my to-do list, it's not done. I might remember it, maybe not, but I'm taking a chance that I won't. So if it's not in your calendar, put it in your calendar, whatever things you have going on. Use what you have to. Don't feel like you have to get a complicated system and that everything has to be totally color coded. Although Google Calendar makes it very easy for you to do that. It's very easy to do if you're not doing that already, if you're using Google Calendar or any other calendar, digital mostly I'm, I'm talking about. But um, yeah, just use what you have and put things in your calendar so you know that you know what's going on in your life, in your business. Number four, incorporate some type of movement doesn't matter if it's cold outside, or if it's hot outside, it doesn't matter what the environment is, although it it can be uncomfortable to move in certain environments, whether you don't like it hot or cold or whatever, but there's a way to work around that if you can, if you can focus on that. And um, our bodies are made to move. So whether it's 15 minutes of dancing in your living room by yourself, or chasing your kid at the park, or doing two sets of jumping jacks for a few minutes, anything, you have to move, it's going to make you feel so much better and, and get through your seasons, whether it's a season where you're focused on exercising more, or you, it's uh, more than, I won't say stressful, but more than more than you would like going on in, t- in terms of what you have, what you would normally like going on. Move your body somehow, find something that you like and start with that. And if you're limited on time, like I I said, there are ways to work around that. A couple minutes is better than nothing. Number five, this was hard for me. Look for the good in the season rather than what you don't like. There are certain seasons that for many, many years, more than I'd like to admit, once I knew that that season was coming, it would start depressing me. It was almost like the Sunday blues when I was still working and Sunday would come, I would be so depressed. And uh, that's what happened with the seasons too. This one, this season would come about and I thought, Oh, no, it's going to be cold, the time's going to change, I'm going to get depressed. So I was already projecting all these negative things and all these things that, that I was going to feel based on my past and just not looking for the good in it. And it's changed. It definitely has changed. I'm not perfect at it. And and I have my seasons that I love more than others. However, the journaling has helped changing my internal mindset has helped putting myself in environments where I'm looking for the good has really helped regardless of what it looks like outside or what the season is. So I would 
recommend that if you're like me, in that sense, where it's, it was the doom and gloom of, oh my gosh, this is going to be so inconvenient. Find out what is good about it. Find that there has there, you can find at least one thing. It doesn't have, you don't have to be fake happy about it, which I also did as well. That's a whole discussion in itself. But there are one or two things at least that you can find that are and focus on those things. I know easier said than done, right? But if you continually remind yourself and work on that internal state more so than focusing on the external circumstances, you're going to find that, well, you know, that's not so bad. And I can get through this. So hopefully this helps once in a while. Wow, Heidi Duckler, amazing. I'm so thankful I got to watch this performance. And that's what I love about art and about dance that gets me thinking about things beyond what I saw. And another thing I, I, fa- I failed to mention earlier about the seasons and being in different places than other people and not comparing is that the dancers were all they, they all looked different and their movement was not homogenous. So they all moved differently. But it complemented and added to each one of the seasons. And I loved that. It wasn't cookie cutter. The props were not cookie cutter. The way that the props were manipulated were not cookie cutter. So I really appreciated that. I, I love how this company takes what they have, uses the environment, uses the facility, and brings this amazing art to life. Thank you so much for joining me. I pray that you have an exceptional week and more blessings than you can imagine. I look forward to talking with you again. Thank you for listening. This has been a session of the Dancepreneuring Studio. Find the archives of this show at annettebone.com slash podcast or on iTunes. Contact Annette at annettebone.com. This podcast copyright by annettebone.com and dancepreneuring.com. All rights reserved. The Dancepreneuring Studio is the place where dance inspires life and business.